Hey, my friends, good day, and welcome to another moment, a Black History Moment with Bo. And today is going to be a marvelous day for us, and you know why? Because we're still here. We're still in the fight. Medicine and technology have added a few years to our lives, and we are still capable of saying hell no. You know, my mother often said that once you reach a certain age, people will try to take advantage of you. They think because you have some years on you, you are not important anymore. But let me be the first to tell you that when elderly people pass away, a library closes. And do you know why families don't stick together anymore? It's because we have buried those people that kept families together. And we have lived long enough to know everybody isn't your friend. Just because they hang around you and laugh at you doesn't mean they're for you. Just because they say they got your back doesn't mean they won't stab you in it. People pretend well. Jealousy sometimes doesn't live far away. So know your circle. At the end of the day, real situations expose fake people. So pay attention, my friends. Because if you are struggling today, remember this. You have survived everything you've gone through up to this point. And the best day of your life is still yet to come. There are still people you haven't met and things you haven't experienced. But you can do this. The 1911 Banner Mine explosion was a deadly accident which occurred on April 8, 1911 at the Banner Mine, a coal mine owned by the Pratt Consolidated Coal Company near Littleton in northwest Jefferson County. 128 miners, all but five of them convicted, leased from the state, lost their lives in the explosion. Now, can you imagine going to court on some trumped up minor charge? And here comes a mine company who pays your fine and pays your coat costs. And now they have a right to work you in their mines until they consider the money paid back. And you lose your life in that mine because of a minor charge? And worse yet, my friends, your family and friends don't even know where you are. Because when Alabama leased convicts, they didn't care where you were taken to. And many times you were taken right out of the state. This we can call purchased slavery. And worker safety, particularly in mines that employed convict labor, had never been a priority. In the development of the Birmingham district as an industrial giant. Now get this, <laughs> between 1900 and 1910, more than a thousand people had died in mine explosions in Alabama, including 112 dead in the February 20th, 1905 explosion at the Virginia City Mine 
and 90 fatalities in the May 5, 1910 explosion at Palos Number no. 3 mine. And the Banner Mine itself had already suffered a fatal explosion on Thanksgiving Day in 1910 with three men killed. But nevertheless, the Pratt Company, owned by engineer Erickson Ramsey, was considered exemplary for its use of life-saving technology. Ramsey himself was appointed state mine examiner by Governor B.B. Comer in 1910. And if you should happen to have lived somewhere around Alexander City, Alabama, you know the name Comer. Pratt's Banner Mine began operation in October 1904, working the Mary Lee seam of soft coal found in two level layers separated by hard shell. The upper bed was usually left intact until the lower section was worked. When it was brought down by the destruction of pillars, concentrations of methane gas were often released. But yet and still, inspectors reported that the ventilation scheme designed by Pratt, owner and engineer Erkston Ramsey, was quite advanced and rational. Now, the main hoistways in the mine were equipped with water sprayers to keep down dust, and the interior surfaces of the passages were nearly always very damp. And although mules were used to shuttle cars underground, the main tramways, as well as lighting and coal-cutting equipment, were powered with a 250-volt direct current. Feed lines were insulated except where connections were made. They say blasting was done by trained shot firers using an explosive manufactured by the Jefferson Powder Company and stored below ground in gunny sacks in wooden tram cars parked in prescribed areas. And blowers moved approximately 180,000 cubic feet of air through the mine each minute. Supplemental fans pushed air out of stagnant pockets when necessary. Fire bosses inspected the mine's workings regularly for pockets of dangerous gases. In September 1911, the Bureau of Mine Rescue Car No. 6 visited the Banner Mine site, but officials did not have time to observe the underground workings before continuing on. And 98% of the workers in this grave, and that is what I must call it, a grave, were our people. And I just know that some of my DNA is buried within those mines, especially in Goodwater, Alabama. I'm sorry, my friends, but incidents like this... <laughs> really rattles my cage. But anyway, this particular disaster occurred at 6.20 a.m. on Saturday, April 8th. Miners typically began their Saturday workdays earlier because they were given the afternoon off. About 170 miners were underground when the blast occurred. Though they had felt the explosion, some workers in other parts of the mine continued their work, even as workers were pulling mangled bodies from the accident site. Foreman John Canley and Assistant J.T. Massingale were outside the mines when the explosion occurred and rushed into lead rescue efforts. They brought the unaffected miners out safely. 
The crowds of loved ones who normally gathered at entrances after most mining absence were absent. And you know why? Because the fact is that most of the men were convicts living out of contact with loved ones. But nevertheless, a crowd of spectators eventually gathered to observe or assist in rescue efforts. Officials of the United States Bureau of Mines were just starting to equip their Birmingham office. And though they had some oxygen bottles and breathing masks, they had no helmets or means of recharging their bottles. Full-scale efforts could not proceed then until Rescue Car 6 arrived from Chattanooga, Tennessee, late that night. By the time it arrived, medical volunteers from the YM First Aid Team had joined the Bureau's workers equipped with pull motors and spirits of ammonia to relieve those suffocating or unconscious. Of the 128 dead, 114 were African Americans and 14 were white. 123 were convict workers and five were free, two white and three African Americans. 72 of the dead convicts were from Jefferson County. One of those who died, assistant foreman O.W. Sprouting, had escaped from the explosion but died from the effects of afterdamp after returning into the mine to help with rescue efforts. He was found not far from the entrance. At least 10 mules and horses also died in the mine. Most of the dead were buried in a trench dug by fellow inmates in the on-site convict cemetery. 100 pine coffins were shipped to the site from Nashville, Tennessee. Now, how many families just never knew what happened to their loved ones? They went to jail and were never seen again. During the rescue operations, one of the coal-fired boilers operating the ventilation fans stopped working, requiring additional rescuers to bring the first party, most of whom had lost consciousness, to the surface for medical treatment. Damage to the mine was minimal, estimated by Ramsey at no more than $1,200, and mining activities resumed a week after the accident. State inspectors Robert Neal and T.W. Dickinson gave conflicting reports regarding the cause of the explosion. Dickinson believed that the accident was a gas explosion, which then ignited the dry dust allowing the inferno. Neil concluded that the premature explosion of soft coal added probable dust was the cause that imperfect ventilation was not a deciding factor. Federal Inspector J.J. Ruthledge's report discussed three suggested causes for the explosion and found that two of them were not supported by evidence. The remaining conclusion was that there had been a buildup of explosive gas in the seventh left chamber, which had been worked out and was thus likely to have been closely examined by the fire boss, and that the sudden explosion of this gas ignited coal dust, 
could sustain the fire long enough to ignite other pockets of gas and to immediately kill some of the victims nearby. The others succumbed to the fouling of the air from the consumption of oxygen and release of smoke. Some of those who passed out could possibly have survived long enough to be rescued, but had drowned in pools of water found throughout the mine. The coroner's request was held before a jury. They determined that the mine was in good condition and that the company was not at fault. In the aftermath of the explosion, and with the support of Governor Emmett O'Neill, Alabama's legislature undertook to strengthen its mine safety laws. Their results were negligible as fatal accidents continued apace through the 1920s and 30s. The convict lease system was ended during the flush times of the late 1920s as the state was finally able to wean itself from the lucrative practice under the leadership of Governor Bibb Graves. The Banner Mine is now a strip mine operated by the Twin Pines Coal Company, and most of the surface and underground works have been obliterated. The Convict Cemetery was located nearby. And there you have it, my friends. Another atrocity put upon us and hidden in the darkness by whiteness. But yet the stories of the Titanic or the Hindenburg are always being present and in our so-called history books. Yes, but one thing about it, whatever you do in the dark will eventually come to the light. I can just imagine that some of those people in 1911 never would imagine that this story would come to life in 2022. 111 years later. Although we hate it, my friends, we all know what that music means. That means that I got to get up and get out of here. But before I go, I want to leave you with something that I'd like for you to think about. Armed with the knowledge of our past, we can with confidence charter a course for our future. Culture is an indispensable weapon in the freedom struggle. We must take hold of it and forge the future with the past. Until next time, my friends, have a great day. And it has been my honor. <laughs>